following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Living Well with Ann Beal. Our show is a health show, a lifestyle show, and an empowerment show rolled into one. Get ready to hear some stories of success, healthy living tips, and suggestions to get motivated and live your best life. Now, here is your host, Ann Beal. Hi, welcome to our show today. We have a fun and exciting and encouragement, encouraging time for you today. Uh, Dr. Slaughter, Dr. Jim Slaughter is here with us today. Welcome, Jim. Thank you. It's good to be here. Hello, everybody. Nice to, nice to have you as listeners today. Thanks for being with us. We wanted to talk to you about your relationships today. Between busy schedules and long days, expressing love can fall by the wayside. And uh, we forget to compliment and give gifts. We, um, the things that say I love you seem to either not get said or not get through. And so Dr. Gary Chapman has a wonderful book called The Five Love Languages, and it has changed the world. It yeah. has been on the bestseller list. <laughs> it's been on the bestseller list for, I think, um, 283 weeks. It, it's, it's incredible. <laughs> and, uh, you, know, you know, I see many couples in our practice who struggle and come in to see us about issues and problems that they have. Um, and, and those issues and, and struggles that they have are ones that, uh, that Gary Chapman addresses in his book, The Five Love Languages. I find myself nearly every time uh, I, I help couples in the counseling office, the coaching office, uh, referring to in some way uh, Chapman's work with love languages because it's so crucial for us in, uh, in close relationships to understand this, know what it is, and know how to use it. Well, and so often um, what the book says to us, it is, um, it's talking about that love, how to say it and hear it clearly between you and your partner. Um, and the, and the, what I like about the book, it is so straightforward, um, no gimmicks, no psychoanalyzing, just basically learning to express love between you and your partner. Yeah, especially uh, <clears throat> so many times uh, love seems lost. Uh, in a couple's relationship, and uh, we talk so much about uh, the zing that, uh, that that's there when you're dating and after you get married, and 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 what happens, but and eventually that uh, uh, going away and wondering where love went, you know, and and uh, and Chapman uh, addresses that that very thing, and and what he offers us is a uh, uh, a practical application of uh, recovering that and sustaining it throughout the rest of the relationship. When you think about it, every husband and wife has one or more ways to show love um, and to feel love. Mm -hmm. And so often it is not the same between the two of them. Um, one speaks one, one, one love language and another one speaks another love language. Um, some spouses communicate their love with gifts by, sh you know, giving gifts to each other. Mm -hmm. um, and so uh, some with physical touch 
they will reach out and touch the leg or hold the hand or want to hug. And others with acts of service. Mm-hmm. Um, my husband gets up every morning, makes me coffee. That's <laughs> a wonderful thing. That's an act of service. Still, others prefer <clears throat> words of affirmation. Mm-hmm. And then they have those that a lot of people call needy, needy, is saying because they have their love language is time. They just need time. They need time with you one-on-one. So we are going to go through these love languages and help you understand uh, how to identify your personal love language and the love language of your spouse or partner and give you practical suggestions for enriching your relationship. Yeah, and I, <clears throat> that, that is really the focus of our program today. I, I wanted to say, too, that uh, when, when Dr. Chapman, when Gary wrote this book, uh, he wrote it as a um, kind of a, a statement about 25 years of counseling couples in his office. And he discovered that often people would try to show love to their spouse but we're doing it in the wrong way because it was not the kind of thing that their spouse needed in order to feel loved. He also discovered that people could believe that someone loved them and still not really feel loved by them. And so what he came up with was he noticed five different what he called languages that uh, expressed love and through which people would receive love and really feel loved. And, And he was saying that's the key to maintaining, sustaining an exciting love relationship uh, in, in, in well, any, any, any kind of close relationship, but he, he was focusing on marriage in particular. Five different ways of feeling loved. So one of the things we want you to know about are the tools that are available to you online. <clears throat> there is a website that Dr. Gary Chapman has called Five Love Languages, and you get there through the number five, lovelanguages.com. So www.fivelovelanguages.com. And when you go to this website, he has profiles, you, a profile you can take for your love languages. Now, he used to have it on paper, mm-hmm. and that's what we would do at retreats for everyone, have them do it on paper. And so when you go through the profile, and I'm going to go through the profile a little bit because it's really interesting, the questions that he asks. And so, you know, I did mine, and um, it says, when you think about these, if your partner did these things, which one would you prefer? Because you may look at them and think, oh, I, I don't, I've never had either one of those, or I don't do those, or whatever. But this is, if your partner did that, which one would you prefer? So it says, I like to receive notes of affirmation, um, or I like it when you hug me. And uh, in my case, it's both. But... Um, but you can't put both. I know you, just you can't. Put one of them. I know. And so, <clears throat> if I had to choose, I would say hug. So Anne's actually going down the list, kind of okay. taking, taking the test right now. <laughs> I like to spend one-on-one time with you, or I feel loved when you give practical help to me. Um, that would be one-on-one time with you. So I'll mark that one. And I like it when you give me gifts, or. I like taking long walks with you. Hmm. Yeah, well, I know the answer to that Long one. walks. <laughs> and I, because the long walk would be the gift to you. Yeah. That, in your perspective. Yes, yeah, I'm real absolutely. bad about it. They ask me what I want, and I'll be like, I don't know. Go, go for a hike with me, and they look at me like I'm crazy. Okay. I feel loved when you do things to help me, or I feel loved when you touch me. Um, so which one do I prefer? I... <laughs> I like it when you do things to help me. 
I like it when you touch me. So I'm going to say I like it when you do things to help me. <clears throat> I feel loved when you hold me in your arms or I feel loved when I receive a gift from you. I feel loved when you hold me in your arms. So um, I like to go places with you or I like to hold hands with you. I like to go places. <laughs> okay. Um, let's see. I like to let's see. Visible symbols of love. Gifts are very important to me. Or I feel loved when you affirm me. And mine is a, a, definitely affirming me. Uh, I need to be affirmed, guys. So you can go on ablivingwell at gmail.com and you, you can affirm me. That would be awesome. Okay. Um, I like to sit close to you or I like for you to tell me I am attractive. Um, and so, uh, well, let's see. I like for you to tell me I'm attractive. Um, let's see. I like to be together when we do things, or I like the kind words you say to me. I like the kind words you say to me. So as you go through the profile, one of the things you see, you'll kind of start feeling like you think you know what your love language is. So when you hear me going through it, there's words of affirmation, being affirmed, acts of service, receiving gifts, quality time, spending time with me, or physical touch. And you can see the actual five qualities as you're going through this. I value your praise and try to avoid your criticism. Or several inexpensive gifts from you mean more to me than one large gift. Mine would be I value your praise and try to avoid your criticism. Okay. So as I went through it, I started seeing I was probably words of affirmation, physical touch, quality time. But I wasn't sure which was my top one. What do you think is my top one? Well, I think uh, probably mm, it would be between quality time and physical touch, I think. <laughs> okay. Those are true, I think. Okay. <clears throat> I feel close when you're talking or doing something. We are talking or doing something together, or I feel closer to you when you touch me. I feel close when we're talking or doing something. Okay. Um, so I like for you to compliment my appearance, or I love. I feel loved when you take time to understand my feelings. Uh, I feel loved when you come understand my feelings. Mm -hmm. Okay. I appreciate the many things you do for me, or I like receiving gifts that you make. And um, mine is things you do for me. Right. And I, you know, it's when I did the profile. You can go through the profile online. You can actually take the test. Then when you're done, it shows you, and it takes about, what, 10 minutes, 10 to 12 minutes to take the test. When you are done, it shows you all the love languages, and your scores will be out to the left. And the top scores are the ones that you are your strongest love languages. Now, when we do counseling or coaching, we always look at a person's top two. And so when you do yours, you want to look at your highest two numbers. And um, Jim is right. Mine came out quality time and physical touch with words of affirmation third. Mm -hmm. And so that really surprised me because I had thought words for me was first. Mm -hmm. um, but it the number one for me is quality time. Now, what is the number one for you? Well, <clears throat> again, we you know taking the top two, uh, mine at, right now would be physical touch and, and I think quality time. Yours is second. Quality time second. There was yeah, there was a time when words of affirmation were very that that seemed to be that came out. And I've taken this test numerous times and, and the first time I took it, words of affirmation were the was the uh, came out my my strongest gift. That's faded over time. And I you know, I, I still appreciate 
compliments and, and words of affirmation for, you know, people saying good job and that kind of thing. But what has come to mean more to me is, is a physical touch and quality time. And we're talking about things like focused attention and eye contact and, and, uh, and, and some physical touch during that time too. But quality time is uh, meaningful time together where we're really engaged, you know, with one another. And so that and, and the um, physical touch for me right now are my strongest uh, love languages. And, and when that happens, when, people, when, when, when I, I, I receive those things, I really do feel loved. And uh, and so it's a, it's an amazing kind of phenomenon, I think. An amazing phenomenon. Is it? Well, and I think that um, one of the things that I would like to point out, since you said your number one is physical touch, men often say that. They will often say, oh, I know my number one is physical touch. But, and that's not necessarily wrong, as long as the physical touch for you is non-sexual, you know, non-sexual physical touch. If that endears you to do, makes you feel loved when someone reaches out and takes your hand or touches your shoulder when they're talking to you or sits close, if, if that makes you feel loved, then that is your number one. Yeah, and I think for guys, when, when they first start talking about love languages and they see physical touch, they, they think that means sex. Mm-hmm. And it really does not mean that just in and of itself. In fact, that's a very small part of it. Uh, and what, what it means is what, what, what you just said, that there are so many different ways to give a meaningful touch. Holding hands, arm around the shoulder, pat on the back. Um, the, it, putting, you know, you lean over to, to, to give me a cup of coffee or bring a cup of coffee, put your hand on my, on my shoulder. That feels really good to me. And it is not a sexual touch at all, but it's a very communicative, communicating touch. It communicates warmth and uh, care, receptivity, and to me, it means love. Were you going to say something? Yeah, I was going to (laughs) say, I I didn't know how much to get into this. I opened my mouth and just kind of stopped. The the, the thing is that you, um, uh, in a a relationship uh, where two people are committed in a a marriage relationship, a husband and a wife, uh, loving each other with these um, uh, uh, love languages uh, is a, a really good way to foster uh, uh, deep commitment and relationship for them. But the, the, the thing is also, though, that, you know, if we receive a, a touch from someone else or if we someone else is, is we're spending quality time with someone else, we also feel that same kind of 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 of, of love through that uh, through that that. Um, love language. So um, what we're trying to do is to really foster a deeper commitment in a marriage relationship and and, and proper love relationship like that. Well, and to this person, um, nothing speaks more deeply than appropriate touch, Mm -hmm. if it's your number one. And um, people, often women won't think that their number one is physical touch. If they don't take the test, because there are people out there, and I know you're out there, you won't take the test. You will just assume, like I did. I assumed my number one was words of affirmation because mm-hmm. I do need affirmation um, and the way it feels. I love to compliment people. I, you know, I love to build them up. That's part of my goal in life. Um, and so I, I really enjoy that as well. But when I took the test, I was surprised that quality time, being with someone mm-hmm. in person, having them focus on me, 
one-on-one instead of just being in the same room or having them watch TV and not pay attention. You know, quality time uh, was my number one. Mm -hmm. And I was very shocked that physical touch was number two for me because I, for a long time, did not take the test. And I would joke about physical touch, (laughs) 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 about physical touch with men. But it is a very appropriate touching. Um, And so that is one of the love languages. And then um, quality time is another one. So we really encourage you to take this test so that you and your partner can really get an idea of how to speak the same language. If you know, like I know Jim's physical touch, then I know that if I really want to impact him and make him feel loved to touch him more than anything else. Now, um, spending time with him, and I, but also service was your third, so doing things for you. Well, affirmation actually was That was your third. third? Yeah, yeah. You need me to affirm you. <laughs> yes, he needs me to affirm him. Okay. And so doing these. Now, we've had spouses come in. I've had couples come in, uh, married or not married, who are, I mean, they come in because they've lost the love or they've really lost love and they are really angry at each other. And um, they come in and the wife will say she doesn't feel very loved. He doesn't love her. And he's like, oh, my gosh, I do this for her. 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 And I sit there and listen. And I tell him, I say, well, that all sounds really wonderful. Um, But you're wasting your time Mm -hmm. because her love language is not service. And she's like, he's doing all that stuff. He won't even just sit down and spend a moment with me. And so that tells me that her number one is... Quality time. Quality time. And so they have been married like 10, 15 years and on the edge of divorce, all because they don't feel loved. Um, He feels like she doesn't ever do anything for him, and she feels like he doesn't ever just sit down and spend time with him. Yeah, this this may be a good place to say that normally um, we, we tend to think that what will make another person feel loved is what makes us feel loved. So if my love language, primary love language is receiving gifts, then the natural tendency is for me to believe that my wife's love language is receiving gifts. And so I'll give her gifts. And that may be the last one on her list. She might much rather have me spend some time with her. It's quality time, focused attention, that kind of thing, than receiving a gift. Gifts don't mean that much to her. Or uh, acts of service or whatever her love language is. But Usually, I mean, often in the relationship, the primary love languages between husband and wife will be different. And so we have to realize that just because I give my wife what makes me feel loved doesn't necessarily mean it's going to make her feel loved. Well, yes. And and what does it mean to be in love at age 20? When we get back from break, we're going to talk about that. Because, you know, what does it mean to be in love after seven years of marriage? And what does it mean to be in love after 25 years of marriage? Um, what are some saying of staying in love over the years? What does it mean to them? The, the marriages that have worked and how can love be rekindled in a marriage or relationship that's lost vitality? Um, that is what we're going to talk about when we come back from break to let you know how to get that vitality back in your relationship, how to get that romance back. One of the things that we tell people what I want to leave you with before break is that when we get couples, it doesn't matter how long they've been together and it doesn't matter how angry they are or even if they hate each other. If they come in for help, we know one thing that we can help them if they had romance before and they had that vitality in their relationship before, we can get it back 
by doing these things and helping them know their love languages and how to act those out in their marriage if they had it before. Now, people marry for different reasons. And so if you married for money or you married for stability and you didn't have romance or anything like that, you can learn to show love to each other and grow in your love. And so we can teach you how to do that. So when we come back from break, we will pick it up from there. See you next time. See you back here. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Most married men experience frustration because there are things they want from their wives but don't know how to get them. Nothing seems to work. Desires are unfulfilled, fantasies unrealized, and relationships become stagnant. Men are desperate today for a richer, deeper, more satisfying, and intimate marriage. Dr. Jim Slaughter teaches men how to have the passionate, fulfilling marriage they've always wanted. Call 817-991-4964 or email jslaughterphd at yahoo.com to begin transforming your marriage into what you want it to be. Mothers and daughters have a unique relationship. There are trying times and loving times. There is joy and there can be heartache. Listen for Communicating from the Heart, the Empowered Mother-Daughter Relationship. Your hosts are Elizabeth Lutz, along with her daughters, Danielle and Melissa Schoeniker. Come with them as they share an open and honest discussion to help mothers and daughters everywhere strengthen and support their own relationships. Listen Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. It's time to access your magic. Tune in each week to Living in the Magic of Possibilities with your host, Glenice Hughes. Our topics cover finances, personal health, business, relationships, mediumship, and so much more. If you want to access all that is possible in your life, listen to Glenice and her expert guests who've turned the impossible into the possible. Living in the Magic of Possibilities is heard live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Build your better business. Achieve that goal. Make good on that resolution. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. You are listening to Living Well with Ann Beal. We'd love to hear from you with comments and questions about the show. Please send us an email to ablivingwell at gmail.com. That's ablivingwell at gmail.com. Now, back to this week's show. Hi, welcome back. I'm Ann Beal, and I'm here with Dr. Jim Slaughter. And we are talking about Dr. Gary Chapman's book, The Five Love Languages, and how to bring that vitality, romance, and love back into your relationship. And um, before break, we started talking about what it actually means to be in love at age 20. Um, What do you think people mostly experience when they first meet somebody when they're young? And they fall in love. What kind of love are we talking about? What do you think? Are you asking I'm me? asking you. <laughs> I, well, I call it the zing. I mean, you know, there's a, there's a kind of uh, thrill that goes with that, uh, that first, uh, first, first love, first loving someone and, um, and first building that kind of a relationship. Uh, we, we have a tendency to think that's love or I'm in love. It's the zing. It's the thrill. It's the excitement that goes along with that. And, um, and yet, when, you, when we look at that and we kind of dissect that and analyze it a little bit, we realize that we're not really talking about love here. 
we're talking about something else uh, that is separate from that. And, that and, and that's why people, after several years of marriage, may say, the thrill's gone, the zing's gone, I don't feel it anymore, I, I, I'm, I don't feel like I'm in love with him anymore. Well, the problem is that uh, it's what, what, what love really is and amounts to in building commitment and relationship and, and real love. It can have zing and thrill, but it's not just zing and thrill. And so that's what Chapman has tried to argue here. And it's what he has tried to build into relationships is maintaining or even building and sustaining real love in a relationship, with has, which has to do with thinking about the other person. I had a couple come in uh, recently, and uh, the, the the woman was just, I mean, she just had it because she felt like uh, her husband would never showed her any real consideration. She said, I just need consideration from him. I want him to think about me. I want him to think ahead about things and, and, and show me that he really cares for me. I want to be cherished. And, and then when, that then, tells I, you a lot. then I turned to the husband, I said, and so anyway, he said, I do cherish her. I just don't know how to show it. Yeah, they don't and know I thought, boy, it. that says it in a nutshell. That's where so many people are. I feel love. I mean, for, for this woman, I want to love her. I just don't know how. And so that's one of the gifts that Chapman has given us in his book to show us how to make someone feel loved. And, and so that, that, to me, that's that's crucial, and that takes us beyond the zing. It takes us beyond the immediate thrill into a different kind of what we call love, which is more real love. Well, and I think that the way you keep the zing and the thrill is by feeling very loved by that person. And um, one of the ways that you can know a person's love language is because, in a way, what you're doing by learning their love language is learning a second language. You are. Yeah, it is a way of speaking, in a sense. Yeah. And so for me, um, really understanding someone whose primary love language is service, um, is, is the service came harder for me. I had always, you know, we, when we're younger, you learn, you know, you give gifts, give flowers and chocolate. I think all guys think that women love Diamonds flowers and chocolate, and <laughs> jewelry, <laughs> things like that. And so, uh, but then, you know, you move beyond that. You really like spending time with them. Mm -hmm. You know, you want to spend time with the person you love. I really question somebody who doesn't want to spend time with the person that they love because mine being number one, uh, there are people who can live in different states and or travel with their work and they don't ever have any problem being away from that person. Yeah. But they do need to talk to that person on the phone, mm -hmm. you know. And so one of the ways of being able to spot what your partner's love language is is by what do they request of you most often um, if you hear them say, will you give me a back rub? Okay, that would say physical touch. If They say things like that a lot. And there are those spouses or partners who want massages. You know, I think, I think having a personal masseuse in your house is pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> and so that they're probably a physical touch person. Or they want you to sit closer, you know. And I've, I, um, I know people that say that their, or like their in-laws gave them these little uh, Barca loungers. For their wedding gift, and they're they're two two separate chairs in that lounge, and they're very cool, but they can sit together. So immediately, when that I, I know that that person's like, oh my gosh, this is terrible. Your parents gave this to us because they don't want us to sit close. We have to sit separately. I know that there's this physical touch. They really need to sit close, and so um, so if they say, oh, you don't ever touch me, 
Um, well, that's a sign they're physical touch. Or you never buy me anything. You, you didn't bring me anything when you came back on your trip. If you didn't bring me anything, that's saying gifts, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or we don't ever spend time together. We need to spend more time together. That would be me. Um, so listening, what you you know, what they request most often um, is one of the best ways. Uh, observing how you most often express love to others. If you're regularly doing acts of service for others, you know, if you're getting them coffee or bringing them food or going out and getting coffee for everyone in the office, um, waiting on people. If you kind of immediately do that, then you are probably an acts of service person. Mm-hmm. Um, so really recognizing if you can't take the profile um, and you just are starting to wonder about that, that would be one way to do that. But when you think of young love, now let's talk about after seven years of marriage. Uh, the seven-year itch? The is seven that what you're itch, talking yes. about? Oh, wow. So, okay. <laughs> seven years. Seven years is a tough time. We get people who they've been married six, seven, eight, right around that. And they're thinking about divorcing. They really are. And so we know that that is because that's the amount of time that it takes to really neglect love, whatever the love languages are. But also if you don't know your love language then and your spouse and you don't have any idea, it takes about that long before you're really tired of what we call your love tank is empty. And Chapman, uh, he addresses that a lot. He uses the term love tank. Are you going to explain the idea of that? Or I'll let you. You'll let me do that. Okay, I'll well, let you. Uh, it, what, it's like a, a gasoline tank in a car. You know, uh, if, if your gas tank is full, the car runs for a while and, and, and does well. When the, 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 the gas tank is empty, the car won't run. And, and Chapman says, you know, frankly, our marriages are a lot like that. Uh, except the tank doesn't hold gasoline, it holds love. It was a love tank. And so when we keep the love tanks full, the marriage runs really, really well and will go a long way. If the love tank, if we let it it drain dry, then it it doesn't run well and eventually will stop. And I think that's a pretty good analogy. You know, we're keeping the, the, the love tanks full is, is really a crucial thing. And what's happened after the, a period of time, whether it's three years or five years or seven years or whatever, when people come in and say, you know what, we just don't love each other anymore. I say, what? You know, let's talk about that. And so then we begin to realize that these people have empty love tanks empty and nobody's filled them for a long time. Often, though, honestly, we will have one spouse that's wanting to leave and the other one has no idea. What in the world? Why she is so unhappy? And so it's usually her love tank or his love tank, one of them. Um, or they've had an affair. And they're, and when your love tank is empty, you are very vulnerable mm-hmm. to the attention of someone else. That's true. And if they naturally speak your love language and they come along and you have a very low love tank, <laughs> you are going to really immediately feel that zing because that person is you're feeling very very loved by that person and you become I guess we could say kind of desperate for love and you don't usually know it ahead of time you don't know how how low your tank is or how empty it is and so when someone fills it to the rim by loving you very well the way you feel loved which is speaking your love language you just fall like crazy and I see this in men and women and that is around the seven-year, eight-year, mm-hmm. six-year time. 
wouldn't you say? Yeah, and it, it doesn't have to be. I mean, so many times, again, we equate this with physical touch. It doesn't have to be that at all. You know, if, if, we, if we never feel affirmation at home, and, uh, <clears throat> and then that, that love tank is, is getting empty because our, our love language, primary one is, is words of affirmation and our partner's never affirming us. <laughs> and all we hear are, are complaints instead of compliments and affirmations. And then at the office, uh, if, if it were a guy, the, uh, a woman might say, you did, a, you did a great job on that project. You know, I wish I could do what you do. You are so awesome. You, <laughs> all of a sudden, you know, you begin to feel something that you haven't felt for a while. Well, and I think that coworkers, one of the things at work is that you often see a person's gifts and skills mm-hmm. to the hilt. Sure. You know, and you can see clearly what their strengths are. And, um, and they use those at work. Whereas in your personal life... You know, I mean, you're trying to do everything. So some things are your strengths, some things are your weaknesses, and they get to see a more fully, per, a full person. And so when we talk about words of affirmation, um, it's, and this is uh, one that often happens at work, mm-hmm. um, you need to hear praise to know you are loved, and you may also prefer to express your affection verbally. So you use words a lot, often. Um, negative comments are right, they will cut you right to the bone and they go deeper than they go in other people. Mm -hmm. And so, um, harsh words for a person who is words of affirmation, it it devastates them in a way that other people can't understand. They'll be like, why does that bother you? Why don't you just let that roll off of you? Why don't Mm -hmm. you just let that go? Like, you know, why does that affect you? Those people, because words is not their number one love language. That is not how their love tank is filled or emptied. Right, right. And so harsh words empty your love tank. They mm-hmm. just knock it down farther and farther and farther. And so uh, a person can often get depressed around a critical person if words is number one. Um, you want to hear that you are loved and how much and why. And so... Um, People say this to a words of affirmation. I find that another's criticism really, really hurts. I tell those whom I love that I love them, and that's sufficient for me. The words of love, just telling someone that they're loved is sufficient for them. I feel like I need compliments, and sometimes I fish for them. I feel like a million bucks when I get a sincere praise. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, uh, and it really doesn't matter who it's from. It feels so good. And so that makes... It easy at work because people use their words a lot with people at work, mm-hmm. and not very often do they get to show acts of service. Though that can happen sometimes. Yeah. Um, and acts of service is you prefer to show your love through favors and chores and doing things for others. You you really enjoy that. I mean, that's what you think of when you think of of help. You think of helping someone. Mm-hmm. You put up. Uh, you feel put upon and unappreciated when your efforts are taken for granted, right? And so people who are acts of service, they'll say, I often feel special, significant, and useful when I help others. I often feel upset when others don't help me out, much less offer to do anything. Um, and they won't say it. They'll just think, oh, he never helps. He never helps. I show affection by doing things for other people, and I don't usually ask for help. But when someone does something for me, I feel really cherished. And so, like, if you have an assistant at work and they're doing things for you all the time, if your main love language is service and your love tank is empty, <laughs> you're vulnerable to that. Yeah, and it doesn't have to be a big deal all the time. You know, right. there Often it's some, just a very small thing, mm-hmm. you know, uh, 
turning on the light or turn the light off so the other person doesn't have to get up out of their chair, walk mm-hmm. across the room and do it. So something as small as that can say, I appreciate you. I think about you. I love you. Yes, being very considerate. You know, considerate, yeah, considerate yeah. of another person. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yes. And uh, also quality time in the work environment because you're with that person a lot. Okay. And so um, these are some of the things, the seven years, and that's why we're bringing it up at seven, right around that between five, six, seven, eight, nine, right around there. Those are, those are vulnerable times in a marriage mm-hmm. if you've been neglecting your love language. Now, the interesting thing is that um, I have men who often, I'm just going to say it's men, it might not always be men, but they don't take the profile and they try to figure it out on their own. And I had one husband tell me that he discovered his love language by simply following the process of elimination. He knew that receiving gifts was not his language, so that left only four. And then he asked himself, if I had to give up one of the four, which one would I give up first? Mm -hmm. His answer was quality time. I don't really need time like that. Of the three remaining, if I had to give up another, which one would I give up? And he he concluded that apart from sexual intercourse, he could give up just basic touching. If someone touched his shoulder, or he need he didn't really need to sit close. So he could get along without the pats and the hugs and holding hands. This left acts of service and words of affirmation. While he appreciated the things his wife did for him, he knew that her affirming words were really what gave him his life. He could go a whole day on a positive comment from her. And thus, words of affirmation was his primary language. And acts of service was secondary. Mm -hmm. So you can also do that by watching someone else. It's easier if you can take the profile. I think it is. And and it uh, it does tend to uh, keep us from... Uh, jumping to conclusions, you yes. know, I, and we don't even sometimes have to get all the way through the the test, the profile to to figure it out. Uh, actually, I was we were watching. Remember, we were watching uh, uh, Chapman in an interview with Oprah. Oprah, her program, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> and, and he actually was having her do the test on during the program. You know, while people were watching and so everybody was watching. And about halfway through, she said, "Ah, I figured it out. I know what mine is." <laughs> and you know? he goes, "Maybe finish <laughs> right." right? Uh, she was hilarious because I remember her. She was like, would I want someone to massage me? Or, oh, no, no, don't massage me. I can hire a masseuse if I need one. <laughs> <laughs> and so she, everything for her, she didn't like the physical touch too much, you know. Yeah. But, but she loved words. She kept she, going, yeah. I need affirmation. Right. I need affirmation. It was really funny. Yeah, and and, um, and and sometimes that happens. You get about halfway through and you think, you know what, enough of my answers are coming up like this. This is probably it. But it, I think it's best to go ahead and finish it so you know for sure you know what your, your love language is. Well, and see, because I did that. While we were doing it, it sounded a lot like affirmation. Yeah. But yeah. I didn't do the whole profile while I was talking. I did it online while beforehand. And, um, and every time I do it, it comes up the same. I'm just saying. Um, and it was, mm-hmm. it is not words of affirmation. Mm-hmm. Though it is, like I have a, a 12, 11, and 10. So those are real close. Um, you know, a, another consideration about that is that uh, my consider, my, I'm thinking that um, we all need all of these. And uh, we can talk about that later, but uh, to a certain extent. Well, they do. And they feel, they all, they all feel really good. And that's why having to pick one, it's not that they don't, like you don't like it. 
but having to narrow it down to pick one so that you can let your your partner know this is the most important thing to me right. more than anything else if you just do this. So people who are service, taking out the trash is a big deal if they ask you to do that, yeah. right? Yeah. And so um, we just wanted you to know that when we come back, we are going to really help you use the love languages to grow closer together. Mm-hmm. And remember that vitality and love coming back in your marriage. And we'll see you right back. us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. What makes you the best you can be? Is it money? Is it success? Maybe it's love, a good career, home and family. Could it be a bit of all of these things? Be the best you can be with Dr. Linda Sanicola, along with her featured guests, will bring you the tools that could be the answer to the questions you've been asking. You'll get to the root of some of the problems that have been keeping you from being the best you can be and tackle them head on. Listen every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Most married men experience frustration because there are things they want from their wives but don't know how to get them. Nothing seems to work. Desires are unfulfilled, fantasies unrealized, and relationships become stagnant. Men are desperate today for a richer, deeper, more satisfying, and intimate marriage. Dr. Jim Slaughter teaches men how to have the passionate, fulfilling marriage they've always wanted. Call 817-991-4964 or email jslaughterphd at yahoo.com to begin transforming your marriage into what you want it to be. We're on Facebook along with some of the greatest minds of the world, and that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. listening to Living Well with Ann Beal. We'd love to hear from you with comments and questions about the show. Please send us an email to ablivingwell at gmail.com. That's ablivingwell at gmail.com. Now, back to this week's show. Hi, welcome back. This is Ann Beal with Dr. Jim Slaughter, and we are talking about Dr. Gary Chapman's book, The Five Love Languages. And we have gone through identifying the love languages, talking about taking the profile online at fivelovelanguages.com, and then working to identify if you know your love language and your partner's love language to let each other know to grow vitality and romance back in your marriage. So let me say, too, that, uh, you know, for people who are listening, this is not just this is not like a a gimmick or something like that. It really hits at the heart of real love and real love relationships. If you're listening today and you want you and your significant other, your your wife, your husband, whatever, to um, to 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 think through your love languages, uh, you might be the one to say, hey, I heard something on the radio today as I was listening to a program about love languages. I'd like for us to look at that. So uh, one of the things we want to do in the program is encourage you to look into the five love languages and what yours is and how to express love through these languages. Well, and there are things that we want to let you know to do because, um, you know, when you've been married a long time, especially in in your relationship, I mean, I have people that date a really long time. They don't get married, you know, yep. they, have, they and that's usually around the six-year mark. A lot of my friends who don't get married, um, instead, um, end up together with people and, and for a very long time. I always see that it's around about six years 
their marriages or relationships, not marriages, relationships break up. Mm-hmm. And often with marriages, that's around the same time too. Mm-hmm. And so if you um, want to rekindle your relationship when it's lost this vitality, what we suggest are these things about getting the profile, finding the love languages, talking about them. And we do retreats. I mean, I did one in the Rocky Mountains not that long ago with couples up at a cabin. It was beautiful. We had a great time. I had them the second day. So we do a three-day or a two-day retreat sit face-to-face and identify and commit to two specific ways to work on growth in your love relationship. Knowing your love languages, okay? So um, with Jim and I, um, with mine being quality time and physical touch and his his being physical touch and quality time, that's pretty rare that our top two are very much the same. Mm -hmm. And so usually we don't find that. And so for us to practice with quality time, Um, a person who has this love language, time can be expressed either through those intimate tete-a-tete discussions or doing things together. And so we do do a lot of things together. We Mm -hmm. have, uh, we plan dates together. Uh, We go hiking together. We go swimming at the lake together. We go to movies. (laughs) We both (laughs) like movies. And so people who have time, they'll often say, I get lonely and begin to feel uncared about if I cannot hang out with someone I love. And, and it's the same thing with their friends. I mean, people who are quality time, if they move away from their friends, they eventually lose that friendship. They don't, they kind of eventually don't seem to feel the love as much from that person not being near them. Someone who can keep close friends all around the country or all around the world, their quality time is usually not number one. Um, so a quality time person often says, I feel complete when I spend time with the people I love. I show people I care by being with them. I expect others who care about me to spend time with me. Mm-hmm. And if they don't, they don't feel loved or cared about. Right. And and also, you know, there, there, are, some, there are some qualifications, though, for quality time, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, it, it is a time of engagement. It's uh, uh, an, another uh, author, uh, uh, Ross Campbell, some time ago put it in terms of uh, uh, physical touch, uh, focused attention, eye contact, those kinds of things being really important when you have quality time. And, and uh, so, you know, we're, we might think in terms of, uh, of talking together, asking questions, uh, maybe a, a taking your, your arm and putting it around a shoulder or something like that. But Thank eye you. contact is very, very important when we're trying to engage someone. And lots of people shy away from that. But it's very endearing to, to uh, catch someone's eye and hold it for a while. Well, and you will hear the person say, you're not looking at me or mm-hmm, you're mm-hmm. not paying attention. Mm-hmm. And kids will do that too. Mom, you're not paying attention. Right. And so um, <clears throat> the activities we've come up with, because we have a lot of people say there's really nothing to do besides dinner and a movie. Well, that's a good start. Um, but we go, we've taken the uh, race cars. We have this place called Malibu Racetrack. Um, and so we'll go do the race cars. Um, it's not real race cars. but it's And not, it's not really Malibu, but that's what but it's, it's called. <laughs> It's really cool. <laughs> and so where else will we? We just go, we'll go down to Cowtown. We just do, yes, Cowtown in Fort Worth. We don't go see cows. I'm just clear. No, there are cows down there. there. Are cows down there. <laughs> they do have a, a cattle drive every afternoon, so it's kind of rare. But um, we, you know, spending time together, just doing things. And it, for us, it doesn't have to be a formal date. Going to the park, you know, spending time together. And that's why we love going hiking at Eagle Mountain. 
It's really cool yeah. just to go be together. Mm-hmm. Um, and so these are things. So plan an activity for the coming week which will focus on these growth areas. Now, um, people will say with words of affirmation, if words do not come easy for them, they feel very silly. Mm-hmm. So um, just saying, oh, you look so pretty or, you know, can you give them suggestions? Yeah, and I think, uh, you know, honestly, words of affirmation are important for everybody, but just more so for some. I think it's important to affirm one another no matter what. But uh, sometimes the affirmation takes the form and often of a verbal compliment. And immediately we think about maybe how someone's dressed or they like, like their hair or something like that. But often it's because of their character. You know, yeah, I like who you are. I like I like the way you treat people. You mm-hmm. know, you're very giving. You're a you're a, a, a courageous person, and that kind of thing. Uh, that's those are very much a, a part of uh, affirming statements and, and just showing gratitude and being thankful, yeah, using your words in a good way. Um, but remember that with these people, harsh words are devastating to them. Um, now, some suggestions for physical physical touch for you guys who don't really know what to do. It's to give and expect, often in return, hugs pats, kisses, and other physical signs of affection. Now, if people don't like it, oh, dad, don't kiss me, don't touch me like that, that means they're not physical touch. So you don't want to do that because if they say they don't like it and you do it anyway, because often parents will do this with their kids, they'll force a hug or whatever, that if you do something that is the opposite of their love language, they feel unloved, uncared for. You know, and so you're harming the relationship instead of helping. So I'm just throwing that out there. Um, Physical touch. People say, I feel especially warm and appreciated when another touches me in a meaningful way. Uh, I can feel awful about myself when people I love don't ever touch me. And um, I like to show my feelings physically. So, hey, bro, give me a hug, <laughs> you know. And so, you know, guys who come up and go, bro, they give big, that's a hug. Okay, they're physical touch, you know. And I do not know why football players slap on the butt. I, I don't even get that. I don't get that. I don't think it's a physical touch thing. I think it's just weird. That's all I can say. You're, you're a woman. You know, only a guy <laughs> could understand that, right? In that and context, I love so. sports, but I've never. <laughs> but I also don't understand why they bang their helmets together either. <laughs> I'm like, they just, they like, just give each other a concussion. <laughs> so, I, you know, I love sports, but I'm not going to go giving myself a concussion. So, anyway, those are things that give you an idea so that you can truly uh, start moving towards growth in your relationships. Right, right. And, you know, someone had asked the question, uh, is this a, can you do this with kids, with your kids? And absolutely you can, you know, and, and uh, even if, if, if it's your son, your daughter, it doesn't matter, different kinds of, of, of touching perhaps, but, uh, you know, uh, a, a pat on the back, slap on the back, uh, 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 maybe an arm around the shoulder, uh, tousled hair, a- anything like that can be a, a sign of uh, affection, physical yes. contact of, of some sort. And you learn right away. I mean, if you're if, if, if a child or another person doesn't like that, some people actually have a what we call a tactile defensiveness where it right. really it really it, it's almost painful to receive to touch a touch. Them. But there aren't yeah. very many people like that. But but um, you know that's the the thing is if, if a person uh, really appreciates that then knowing how to do that can can become a, a very important task for us. And Dr. Chapman on the five love languages.com website, the pro they do have a profile for your children. Mm-hmm. Um, but you often, by the ways of just listening, can figure it out too. And we have gotten a lot of questions in um, about children 
and work and things like that. So we will actually deal with those on another segment. Um, but one of the ones of all the questions I got, this one is the one that made me go, hmm, okay. So we want to talk about this one that made me go, hmm. What if I speak my spouse's love language and they don't respond? And um, I, I know my husband would not read this book. So I decided to just guess and see what would happen. Nothing's happened so far. He doesn't even acknowledge what I'm doing, that I'm doing anything differently. How long am I supposed to continue speaking this love language if there's no response? So um, I just know it can become discouraging when you feel you're investing in your marriage and the other person is not. And often that can be because of anger um, or misunderstanding about how important it is. So there are just things to remember. Um, maybe you are speaking the wrong love language because she hasn't taken the profile. Right. Could be okay, that. that would be my <laughs> first guess. Mm -hmm. And uh, so you would want to ask him to do that or try to just understand if it doesn't work, it's probably not the number one. Okay. And it's probably not the number two. So try them. Just try one at a time. One will work. And um, and it, and just remember with physical touch, it's not sex. So, you, you know, I mean, so even if they like sex, they still may not have the, it still not, might not be physical touch. So those are some of the things we just want to let you know. Um, and if you do have any more questions, we would love to, we can address them on a different, different oh, day. Along with that too, let me, let me say that sometimes when we talk with people about this for the very first time, they've never heard it before and we begin to talk to them about it, uh, and they begin to they take the test. They find out what their love language is, and they begin to practice that and try and work it on work on it. It feels a little awkward. It almost feels manipulative or something at the very beginning. And yet, the truth is, it isn't. It, it doesn't have to be awkward. And and as we continue to do it, uh, we will see results from it, and we will we'll see people respond to it. And it begins to become just a, a part of our our living, our, our lifestyle. It, it's not awkward at all, and it's not manipulative. Well, and, and, you know, I have another question. Can emotional love be reborn in a marriage after 30 years? Well, yes. So if the two of you are willing to try speaking each other's love languages, or even if one of you learns your love language and starts really trying to identify theirs, that is wonderful to do. Um, I'm frequently asked how to apply the five love languages in long-distance relationships. Mm -hmm. um, physical touch and quality time are more challenging because you're at a distance. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so you have to be creative and committed to staying connected despite right. the distance. So right. if your love language is physical touch, um, people often will say get photographs of yourself as a couple to remind you of the enjoyable times together. Um, getting a shirt, and this I know that when we've been a part, I've done that, uh, a shirt or like your sweatshirt with cologne or perfume on it. Um, you don't wear perfume, you wear cologne. But um, having a person's item of clothing like that with their smell on it, it's really great. <laughs> and uh, I love your cologne. And so those are some things that you can do to really rekindle. And yes, you can always rekindle love as long as you're willing. If the hard part is if people get so hardened you know, and they're not willing to try, um, then it could be more difficult. Yeah. And so <clears throat> like anything else, it's so good if we learn about things like this um, early on. Uh, we, we never want to wait in a relationship till things get so bad that there's almost no hope. And sometimes that happens. People will come to us and they say, we're done. And, and, we're, and then, you know, my question is, why did you come to me? <laughs> you know, and yet I know the answer to that. They don't want to be done. They just don't know what else to do. Yeah. And so we, we help in any way we can. But it's so much better 
to begin working on this to build a strong marriage rather than to fix a broken one. Yes, and part part of it too is that um, we love strengthening marriages. Absolutely. And Dr. Slaughter is wonderful with marriages, working Thank on you. them, and that's one of the we really believe in marriage, and we we believe in any relationship strengthening it. And so we know how important the five love languages is. Oprah. That's why she had Dr. Chapman on. She knows how important the five love languages are. And I think they're so simple, so simple, that people tend to underestimate the power of them. And so if we can um, suggest anything to enhance your marriage, this is what we believe is the number one way, if you're struggling, to bring that love and vitality and romance. Because over time, the more you feel loved by them, you grow closer and closer, and romance comes back. Would you agree, Dr. Slaughter? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, just in, in if, you're, if you're asking the question, something's missing, I don't know what it is, what do I do? This is what you do. This is what you do. Yeah. And so um, we suggest taking the profile, go to on to fivelovelanguages.com, and doing that. Well, they also have printed, you can p- print out a PDF version and take it if you'd like. And if you don't have any way of getting that, you can contact us at um, Life Solutions if you don't have the computer, 817-232-1363. And uh, my assistant will get you a profile right out. We can either email it or mail it. Um, and so if you would like to talk to Dr. Slaughter, you can reach him at... 817-991-4964. I, I was going to say, yeah, if, if you'd like to get, to start working on things like this, come and see us if come you're in the us. area. Yes. If not, give us a call and we can, I do a lot of the coaching that I do on, on the phone. Yes. And so, uh, you know, we can, we work with people in all different kinds of contexts and we would love to talk to you if you need some, some help with this. And thank you so much. We just hope that you and your partner will start being more loving by using love languages. And we thank you for listening today. Um, to our show, Living Well. Take care. Have a good day, everybody. Bye-bye. Thank you again for joining us. Living Well with Ann Beal airs live every Wednesday morning at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We can't wait to see you again next week. (music) 